Hi, I'm Jacob Bryson, and this is where I came from. How's it going? This week, we will be hearing from my dad about his early life. We will also hear from my grandma Bryson Hello. on occasion to add another perspective into this time in our family's life. My dad was born in 1966. August 15, 1966. In southwestern Ontario. Sarnia, Ontario. He is the third of three kids. Well, Bonnie was born in 57. Well, she was, um, you know, there's nine years between her and I and four years between... Uh, Terry and I. So she was, um, you know, she, she was never uh, in my, you know, childhood memories in a big, big way. Although, you know, I do remember lots of things um, about her and some funny stories. But, um, but it, she was older than me. I remember her and the neighbor girls. Of course, they're being that much older, and uh, me being a little kid, uh, they, they spent their time making fun of me and dressing me up and doing all kinds of things to me. I remember those traumatic, uh, traumatic experiences. Um, and then my, you know, my brother was four years older than me. Terry was born in 62 and your dad was born in 66. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So he, very outdoorsy as well. So he started trapping at a very young age he was trapping muskrats and foxes and, and raccoons and things like that and um so but he was he was in the mix he was he was pretty tough kid so he was always a bit of a fighter so i i remember lots and lots of times where my friends and i would be playing away whether it be over in the on the farm across the road or whether we're riding our bikes or whatever and he would wander into the mix and uh probably with good intentions and within about 10 minutes he'd be in a fight with somebody <laughs> sometimes with me sometimes with somebody else but he was uh you know quite a had a, a personality that was had a spark in it so so um anyway those are good memories if you want to know what my dad was like when he was a kid i think this story from my grandma explains it best I remember your dad one time coming in the back door it was i always sent them over to Jack and Marie Duncan. You probably remember that name across... They used to live across the road uh, before Joe and Kathy built their house there and um, bought the farm. But anyway, uh, he sent them over for eggs because they had laying hens. So your dad your dad landed in the back entryway of the house here with a, a flat, you know, of eggs. <laughs> so they... Well, he tripped on something and he... Oh, he felt so bad, and we had a little black and white dog, and it came and cleaned up quite a bit, but the rest of it, we had a, quite a bit of cleaning. And he ran down to the east end of the house, and he was afraid he was going to be in trouble, but he wasn't. It was just accidental that it happened, but something like that you don't forget, do you? The family moved into my dad's childhood home outside of Watford, Ontario, the year he was born. My mom and dad built a build a new house and it was just finished the summer I was born. I think he told build the house for $17,000 I think at the time. The house gave the kids a lot of opportunities to play outside. My first memories um, were of being a toddler so I, I may have been two, I'm not sure, but it was um, nice weather so it was probably summer 
and I don't think the the yard had been finalized and the landscaping done. And uh, I remember running around outside in nice weather with with my siblings and the neighbors in uh, you know lots of mud and dirt, uh, <laughs> essentially with diapers on. So I must have been uh, must have been a fairly fairly young boy at that point in time. There are always other kids around to play with. There was there was three in my family and three neighbors across the road. Um, I became very close friends with the boy across the road, and then there was two more uh, just just down the road. We just lived just outside of town. Uh, the, the people across the road had lived on a farm. And so um, between those people and, and friends and cousins and other people coming out from town, I just, I remember there, we spent virtually all of our time outside when the weather was good and uh, and sometimes when the weather wasn't even good we were virtually outside all the time and i remember that from a very young age whether it was um you know learning to ride ride a bike or in the winter time tobogganing in the hills behind the house um i remember i'm sure it was before i went to school actually um somebody came down with the chicken pox and in those days um you just figured if you're coming down with the chicken pox, you might as well get them over with. So everybody came to our place and uh, essentially spread the chicken pox around and had all, all the kids play at our place to try and get all their kids to have chicken pox at the same time, which is a pretty pretty funny thing thinking back now. But that would have right about the time that I I uh, you know went to school. So it was a pretty that was a pretty early memory. My grandma and grandpa both had their own unique methods of parenting. Um, I would say it was pretty typical or traditional in those days like he worked very long hours in construction and so i mean i think um mom did 80 percent of the raising and he did 20 um but you know it wasn't like he was um absent by any means uh we i remember from a very young age we spent a lot of time on the weekends uh going fishing over in the river, uh, the Thames River, or going out on the lake and, and bass and perch fishing and uh, going up north in the summertime. So, um, you know, when, when it sort of came to things around the house and making sure we were fed and bathed and got our cuts uh, cleaned up and all those sort of things, that was all that was all mum. And uh, came to sort of the, throwing the ball around in the yard or fishing or taking us hunting or whatever that was dad so that's kind of the way that was in terms of time time commitment that was like like i said it was probably 80 20 or or 90 10 but that's that's part uh, because of his job and that was pretty typical my dad also had unique relationships with his siblings for sure i mean i always because he was four years older than me and your older brother is always cool so i was always uh you know looking up to him um he had his circle of friends and I had mine kind of thing but no I we had a very very good relationship um yeah he was you know had a very much of love of outdoors and and I don't know whether it's just where we lived and our lifestyle but but I I got that as well I would say I would say we had a very positive relationship I I would think that um it's probably like many people where you 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 have a quite a positive relationship when you're young but it's not until later when you sort of hit 18 or 19 or 20 or what have you and you start looking at each other as adults and then you start really developing a close close friendship as opposed to a sibling relationship. But 
no, I'd say overall it was a very, very positive relationship. Lots of, uh, you know, lots of, like, you know, the scenario I painted before, lots of activity and fighting and scrapping and fun memories and all those sort of things. Um, it's just, uh, it was a, it was a great, great childhood and, and uh, he was a solid part of those memories for sure. My Aunt Bonnie moved out of the house while my dad was still young. She went to college, Lambton College in Sarnia at, uh, I'm going to say it's 18 probably. So she, in those days, you could actually become a registered nurse at a community college. And so um, uh, maybe it was 19, but 18 or 19. And um, she went up to Sarnia and essentially attended nursing school. And so I think it's just a two-year program at that time. So she moved out at that young age, and then uh, very shortly thereafter uh, got married and and then moved out of the house. So, uh, you know, from the time, so, you know, when she was that age moving out of the house, I was 10. So, uh, like I said, uh, we didn't spend a ton of time together, but, um, you know, I distinctly remember her and my cousin Brenda learning to drive a car and it was my grandma's valiant car and it was a three in the tree and they looking at the hay field beside our house now it's not that big a field but they spent quite a bit of time after the hay was taken off one summer talked to the neighbor and he was an old farmer and he didn't really care so they basically bombed around that hay field with this old valiant learning how to park and go forward and shift gears and go under reverse and that was when they were 15 or 16 so that was uh I would have been pretty young at that point in time my dad went to elementary school at a place called uh it was Warwick Central um it's closed now because they've consolidated a lot of country schools and it wasn't a you know traditional kind of one-room schoolhouse but it was quite a nice school um you know kindergarten through grade eight and we we took the bus from where we lived, and it always seemed just the way they laid out the bus routes. We were kind of first ones off, last or first ones on, last ones off. So we had about a forty or forty-five minute bus ride every night. But you know that was very fun memories from when I was a kid because we always kind of getting in trouble on the bus, and you know it was uh, it was just a fun atmosphere. I'm sure major headaches for the bus driver, but. I remember very being very young and having um, my friends, uh, so three of us, I guess you're thinking now when you sit in a bus seat, it's comfortable with two people in it in a, in a school bus seat, but we had three of us sitting in the seat together and there seemed to be lots of room still, so we were pretty tiny. <laughs> and we always, because uh, we got on the bus first, we always used to like to sit on the hump where the wheel was because we thought that was a cool place to put our feet. So we always used to sit on the sit on up and three of us together in one seat so that was that was a lot of fun but yeah quite a long bus ride and then um yeah it was just a great country school it was on i'm gonna say 10 acres so at uh at recess you know there's multiple ball diamonds and there was soccer and there was uh you know, bouncing the ball around playing basketball outside flipping hockey cards was a huge thing back in those days that might be a lost art now but I used to, I had a I became very good at it actually. I had a whole suitcase of hockey cards, so they were you know, hockey cards were something you collected back in those days and then we had games we played at recess where you'd 
prop the cards up against a wall, say three or five of them, and then two people would take turns flipping the cards at those cards standing up so you'd, you'd stand back 10 or so feet. And the person that knocked down the three out of the five or the two out of the three then got the whole pile. So, um, you know, it, it wrecked the cards pretty pretty quickly because they got all wet and dog-eared and whatnot. So I've got, I think my nephew Joe has them now, but I've got, you know, Ken Dryden and Bobby Orr and all those real classic cards, and they're all beat to, beat to crap and got snow and mud all over them. But... And then we, you know, you'd staple two cards together and try and win that way. And of course, that was considered cheating. But um, yeah, lots of lots of fun. That was all at recess time in the when the cool weather. My dad was a good student. My grandpa always insisted that school was incredibly important. In everything I did, my dad, he didn't go to school very long, but um, he always instilled in me. Uh, well, both my mom and dad did, but dad especially instilled on me. Whatever you're doing, do it well and and work hard at it, and uh, just just a hard work ethic in general. So I think that had a big influence on me. So I I worked, um, yeah, I worked fairly hard at school all the time I was in school. So in in uh, from fairly early on, and then into high school, I would come home. We'd I'd do my thing with my buddies until dinner time, and then after dinner, I'd retire to my my uh, bedroom where I had a desk set up and a stereo and that sort of thing, and I'd I worked for probably an hour and or two, um, you know, most nights, not not on the weekends, of course, but uh, but I worked I worked pretty hard in school. School wasn't the only focus, though. I remember going uptown and taking guitar lessons from this lady, and you know, literally just learning what the strings were called and and learning to play chopsticks and that kind of thing on the. Red River Valley, picking note by note on the guitar, and the first number of months just being agonizing. And, um, and I thought, I, this is not for me. I can't do this, and not going to be any fun. And then I kept at it, and I played a little bit more. And then it wasn't until, like I said, when when we started getting, um, whether it be a couple of us or five of us together in a basement, and essentially spending an entire day just jamming and laughing and carrying on and and uh that's when it turned from from work to work to fun i had my first honda 50 when i was younger than that i guess i was probably 10 or so um one of those classic little honda 50s with the big wheels and i started on that and we had this what used to be an old gravel pit behind our house, a bunch of hills that were growing over now, and and we started the the old farm farmer next door didn't care whether we kind of went back there and made noise and ripped them up, so we rode a lot as we were kids as well, and then through high school we um, got a little more serious. I never got more than a, a Suzuki 80 dirt bike at that time, but my uh, couple of my buddies got 125s and and lots of lots of good memories too of tearing things up back there and, and just uh, racing around and, and having having a lot of laughs. Actually, I had a flat tire on my 80, and I didn't realize it at the time. Front tire was flat or soft. I think it was basically flat, and I always would come home from school, and the first thing I'd do is, <coughs> at that time was just 
run run in, dump my books, and then run outside, start the bike, and throw my helmet on, and, and take off across the field towards the hills. And and I got back there, and I was ripping around, and I went to take the first big corner. And, of course, when there's no air in the tire, it doesn't work so good. So it basically slid out, and I um, just stabbed myself in, in my abdomen with, with uh, the handlebars, the wheel turned sideways. I remember one time... Your dad was back on the hills here with Kevin Lupton, our neighbor, on the bikes, you know, and the handle he turned and the handlebars went into his side, you know, the uh, and uh, your dad or uh, Terry took him right down to the hospital, and I don't know, I for some reason I couldn't get away right then or something, but anyway, it was he took him down and it he was all right, but I mean, well, he he was hurt pretty major wipeout and I was laying there and I couldn't breathe and I was essentially heaving and making a lot of noise because I was you know at that point you're probably half a mile from the house I suppose but Terry could hear me back all the way from the house so he was never a super fast runner but man he came flying across the field running 100 miles an hour and uh, picked me up and looked at my stomach and it had a great big bruise so he was concerned that I maybe hit it hard enough to do some damage inside so um he would have been just maybe just had his license a year or two but I remember him helping me to the house and then putting me in the in the car and he drove to Strathroy Hospital very fast and and uh and got me down there and I was still in pain when I got there and I remember it was like it was yesterday the the nurse came to me and she says, "What's the matter?" And I said, "Oh, I wiped out on my dirt bike." And she says, "Oh, did you pop a wheelie?" <laughs> I, I said, "No, I did not pop a wheelie. I hurt myself." And she says, "Oh, okay." So anyway, they got me in and got me checked out, and I just I bruised myself, but no internal bleeding or whatever. So that was that was kind of my probably my worst accident, my most you know the one that hurt me the most, but it wasn't too serious. The family also went on trips over the summer. When I was young, we actually, and this is from, I think I have my first, second, third birthday pictures at, uh, it was called Barton's Camp, um, and uh, it was, or Barber's Camp, sorry. It was um, in Restool, or near Restool, on Restool Lake, and so it about, let's say, five miles from where the hunt camp is, but... It was a little obviously easier. You could just drive a car there. You could rent a cabin, and and um, kids could play play in the water. There's a beach right there. So and later, my dad started going up to the family hunt camp. Obviously, back in those days, it was harder to get to the hunt camp. You had to hire the local farmer with a tractor and trailer to haul all everybody's stuff back to the camp before four wheelers and things like that were invented. So. Um, yeah, back in those days, I used to I used to go up there as a teenager, but I or as a kid, I should say. But I never, I didn't go back to the camp until I was about 12 years old. I'm trying to think, I think they bought into it in 1957, 55, 57, I think. So it would have been right about the time they were married. Actually, um, he there was uh, people in that area that owned it and um ironically they were down in in our area and they were you know how they how they ever got to having the conversation but the people were in a in a pub or a bar 
in Wallaceburg, I think of all places, and and said that they were thinking about selling this hunt camp, and a conversation ensued, and one thing left to an, led to another, and then um, yeah, five. I guess maybe it was more than five at the time, but a bunch of young guys bought into a to a hunt camp in the middle of nowhere up around Restall in Ontario, and and uh, yeah, so it's it's been in the family a long time. Yeah, yeah, and in those days it was two, just two old log buildings. Um, that they first went up. I mean, they'd sleep 16, 16 guys in a little tiny cabin with just bunk beds on each wall and a wood stove. And if you got the wood stove too hot and you wanted to cool it down, you had to pick the moss out between the logs. And then when it got too cool, you plugged the moss back in, uh, keep the mice from come from crawling in in your sleeping bag. So uh, yeah. Pretty pretty cool experience, and then over the years they they built it up to be a little fancier. Still nothing fancy today, but it's a it's a great spot. From the time my dad was quite young, he had some very interesting summer jobs. Um, in the summers, probably from the time I was even before high school, maybe grade eight, I started probably. Uh, I was a farming community, so there was um, always things to do to help out farmers, whether it was the neighbor across the the road or sometimes they posted where the farmers needed help so i remember in those days in the summer spending a couple weeks at a time hoeing hoeing milkweed um, which is a big uh, pretty nasty weed in in fields of corn and beans that are just starting to come up so you spend all day i think in those days you know you're getting paid a dollar or not a dollar a couple dollars an hour um to do that so between hoeing in fields and picking rocks so uh, because they don't want to wreck the combines every time they work the fields and just just plant them they they get and normally kids because they're the ones that can bend over the easiest they get kids to walk through the fields and the farmer or whoever drives the tractor with a wagon so you drive through all the fields and you pick up the rocks any rocks that would go in and damage a combine so I remember doing that a lot, um, probably the first few years of high school in the summer. And then the summer I turned 16, maybe. It might have been the summer after grade 11. I went and picked tobacco in um, down on the shore of Lake Erie. There was quite a, quite a uh, farm belt that was... Uh, sandy and it was ideal for for tobacco growing around delhi and um and so my neighbor kevin he he had worked there two or three years and had an inn and i said it'd be great if i could work there so you go down and you work seven days a week essentially for six or eight weeks and you make a couple thousand bucks so at that point in time that was you know a lot of money for for a kid that age so so yeah, I went down and did that. It was backbreaking work, but it was uh, a lot of fun. A bunch of bunch of guys all living in the house together and and working hard. So it was uh, quite an experience. Yeah, and then right after that, right at the end of high school and through the first few years of university, I actually worked at a a roof truss plant. So the the you know the actual wooden roof trusses that get that get installed as part of house construction. I I worked there and uh, that's that was tough tough work as well. I was kind of worked five days a week and then Saturdays still noon and uh, hauling lots of lumber and 
cutting boards and and then pressing them together in, in big presses and then loading them on on uh, trailers and transport trucks. So that was I did that I think for three summers after that. Although my dad was very focused on doing well in high school, he definitely did not leave the fun behind. Oh well, a lot of fun, just tons of fun. So we had a few. I mean. I had some really close friends, but I had just lots of friends. And so I sort of had my home friends just continue to be very close with uh, Mark and Kevin, which are the neighbors that were literally across the road and just, just down the road. And then um, got to know some other guys from around uh, near the patrol area that came to Watford to school and just funny, 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 guy, goofy guys. And, um, and then I got to know um, a couple other fellows, Tim, my, one of my best buddies in high school, he, we started playing guitar together and just kind of picked it up, and then he converted to bass, and I continued on with guitar, and then we we ended up, a uh, huge part of my memories in, in high school was just uh, dreaming of being a, being a musician and, and <laughs> spending, you know, virtually every Sunday uh, out at his place with four or five of us with guitars and drum sets and PAs and uh, playing playing pretty pretty heavy pretty heavy music making a lot of noise shaking the house on the foundation it was uh, it was good really good times and then of course through that era that's when we started we became of age so we got our license and and uh you know lots of touring around and and um we started going to concerts so between London and Detroit, um, virtually every hard rock band that came around, that was their favorite music. So whether it was Ozzy or Nazareth or Rush or, or any of those kind of classic bands of that area, we, era, we tried to hit every concert we could when they came along. So that was, that was a lot of fun as well. He changed his mind quite regularly about what he wanted to do after high school. Dad was really about... Um, he pushed education. He said, you, you definitely need to get an education and it's your ticket. And he doesn't, I remember him saying to me, it doesn't, doesn't cost you anything to carry it around later. So get it when you're young and, um, and, and you won't regret it. And so I knew that I, I wanted to go to post-secondary. Um, he essentially thought, I mean, my sister graduated as a nurse, did, that's a great job, but it's very portable and makes good money. Um, my brother was, you know, three years in college and, um, you know, that was a tough sled, but got out and worked for a great company and, and started making good money right out of the gate. So he says, you know, why don't you just, just go to college like they did in Sarnia and, uh, do something there and, and, um, you'll be done. And, and I said, well, I think I want to do more than that. So at the time, I really, like I said, I was gravitating towards math and science and, and math especially. So I, I had it in my mind I wanted to be a math teacher. So I sort of, uh, I would say right up until the time I was in about grade 12, that's what I was gravitating towards was being a math teacher. I just thought that would be a very a cool profession and uh, a way to, to stay in touch with uh, youth and, and be able to form youth and that kind of thing. And and uh, I remember like it was yesterday, it was at a Christmas party at my house. I was having a conversation with my cousin, Brian, who's the same age as my sister, Bonnie. 
and he was a chemical engineer, had just graduated, and he was working at Dow Chemical. And we were talking away, and he asked me what I was doing because I was going to have to apply for university shortly. And he, I said I was thinking about being a math teacher, and he says, well, do you ever think about being an engineer because you're really good at math and physics and those sort of things, science. And he says, if you get done engineering school and you don't like engineering, you can always teach math or what have you, you know. Um, so, <laughs> you know, those little forks in the road in life, I literally overnight, I came out of that conversation, which was probably, you know, over dessert after Christmas dinner and took about three minutes to have the conversation and for him it was he wouldn't even remember it I'm sure but it was just in passing and I came out of that thinking yeah maybe I should go to engineering school and so very shortly thereafter I applied to engineering school and mechanical which I thought that was kind of up my alley because um, I was mechanically inclined and um, yeah got into engineering school and that's been that was 30 years ago so of funny how times how things work out somewhere around the end of high school was the first time my dad met my mom next week we will hear from both of them about the beginning of their relationship and see how well their memories line up i'm jacob bryson and thanks for listening <laughs>